0: hey welcome to the faith nfm podcast we appreciate your time today and we encourage you to head on over to FaithNFM.com where you can find the notes for this presentation as well as links to all that's happening around faith assembly our hope is that this message helps move you forward in your faith journey
1: well good morning Glad that you're with us. My name is Blake and uh, we're continuing this series, As Long As We Both Shall Live. We're talking marriage. And before we dive into what we talk about today, I do wanna just highlight and say, hey, you might be in here and say, hey, I'm a single person. I tried the whole marriage thing. It just wasn't for me. And and we understand that, but I also wanna challenge you with this. Uh, Chances are you are somehow impacted by a healthy marriage or by a poor marriage, or friends who are going through things. So our hope today, if maybe you're in that realm of saying, hey, uh, I don't need anything to do with marriage. My hope is that you have an open-handed posture to say maybe we could equip you with some tools to help and pray for those who are married. And maybe you're in here and you're single, my hope is that God brings someone great into your life, that God brings a godly person into your life that makes you better. And maybe you are in here and you're married. My hope right now. Is that you have an enhanced relationship when you leave here than whenever you came in. All right? So um, I I do want to plug as well. We're going to be talking about some fun things today. Uh, If you can see the screen behind me, we're going to be talking about having fun. So we have an amazing kids ministry taking place. Want to encourage you. We're going to maybe click from going from G to PG today, and I want to encourage you to take part of our ministry over in our kids' wing. Well, it's been said that marriage is like a workshop where the husband works and the wife shops. And I know, like, eye roller, you're like, hi, oh, got me, that's funny, Pastor Blake. And literally, some of you men might be in here and be like, yeah, all I do is I work, and I work some more, and I show up, and my wife keeps bringing and buying more stuff from the store. We have so much decorative stuff that your square footage is easily eliminated in your house, and you're like, what in the world? Come on, fellas, like, there's a little bit of that. We're gonna have some fun. And ladies, I would never leave you out. I would never leave you out, because it's also been said like this, marriage is finding that one special person you want to annoy for the rest of your life. And you might be sitting in here, ladies, and be like, absolutely, that fella on my right, he loves to annoy me at times. And you might be sitting there and saying like, hey, here's some very real and honest truths. Okay, I, I want to bring to the point when, whenever we're talking in marriage and in joy in life, that we don't want you just to be roommates. We want you to have all that God has in store for you. So I want to turn your attention to Ecclesiastes chapter 9. We see it's this beautiful book of, of wisdom, chapter 9, verse 9, and we're going to read a couple different versions of this verse. Says this, the writer puts it, live happily with the woman you love through all the meaningless. Now we look at this this Hebrew word meaningless when the author is writing, this meaningless days of life that God has given you under the sun. He's saying like how quick that life is like a vapor. Like you think you got it all figured out, you think you have it all defined, but it's like this, this, I can't grab it necessarily. My wife and I, we've been in some days where it seems like it's like Groundhog Day. It's routine after routine. We get up, get the kids ready. We go to school or, or we go to other activities and we go to work and then we pick them up and then we have dinner. And it seems like life can be a little meaningless where you're like, I'm just going by, watching. you know. And here's the point for us when we look at Ecclesiastes chapter nine, that life goes quick. It's like a breath. Havel, this, this Hebrew word for meaningless, where it's a breath. And how quick does a breath go? <sighs> Less than a second, in a sense. So that's how quick our lives are with all eternity. But my challenge, and, and, and I wanna draw your attention to is this. You're not supposed to just go through life not enjoying it with your special person, but enjoy it happily. And we'll continue. The wife that God gives you is your reward for all your earthly toil. So we see you're supposed to live happily with our other person, happily. And enjoyment, in the NIV version, it says this, enjoy life, enjoy your life with your wife, whom you love, all the days of this meaningless life that God has given you under the sun. All your meaningless Days, Your very quick, vapor life in the grand scheme of eternity. So these past few weeks, or these past weeks, we're in this series called As Long As We Both Shall Live. And we are going to be committed to these three things, and I, and I want to point them back to so you can see them. First one, last week we talked about seeking God. We hope that the essential foundation for your marriage is that you seek God together. We gave you one cornerstone habit that we asked you to commit to, and that's praying. We call praying here at church a cornerstone habit because it creates momentum for other spiritual practices in your life. More than likely, if you're praying together, you're going to attend church together. If you're praying together, you're going to worship together. You're going to talk about what God's doing in your life. So if you're praying together, the chances are your spiritual life of seeking God is going to enhance. This week, we get to talk about having fun. Yeah, talk about having fun. Like, I know where the men are at, and ladies, it's not all about that, all right? So we're talking about having fun. And then next week, I want to encourage you, join us because then we're going to talk about never giving up. And it's vital in a very quick society that says, "Hey, I'm done with that person, or I'm done with that activity, I need to move on quickly." So we commit, say this with me, these three things. on the count of three. We commit. One, to seek God two, have fun, and three, never give up. So let's talk about this today. Uh, how we have fun. The first way, there's there, well, what I like to say, well, there's three types of fun we create, okay? And I say this word, create, because if you're not actively, intentionally being like, I'm going to create fun, then guess what? You're going to get pretty bored in life. No one falls in love, bored, or bad situations. No one ever says, man, I had the worst date with this individual, woo, I just love them. No, and you think about your dating days, like it was fun, you took intentionality, you, you really tried. I remember my wife and I, our very first date. If you ask her and you ask me, we have differences in opinion on when we started dating. There was some, some, you know, mix, mix, up, a little distorted there. You know, she thought we were dating at this time. I thought we were dating this time. So I finally scheduled the first date. So we went to breakfast, 9 a.m. Took her to our favorite breakfast place, and then I took her shopping. Yeah. I took her shopping at the Burlington Coat Factory. Woo, woo, you know, and it was awesome. I was like, girl, pick you out a nice outfit, you know? And she comes back and she's like, I found four pieces. I'm like, girl, you're bargain, I'm bougie. We can make this thing work, you know? That's where we were at. And I remember thinking, so every time now we pass a Burlington, Coat Factory. We didn't have much money back in the day, and and still don't have a whole lot of money. But we have more than we did. And, and as we move forward, we pass the Burlington Coat Factory, and we say, "Hey, you remember that first date we had?" And I knew she just made it a great time, and it was fun, we enjoy, we remember just having some experiences, and, and it was actively pursuing something we had to create together. So that's what we're going to talk about today, how to create the fun and keep it active and present in your life. And there's three types of fun that we're going to hit on today. The first one is friendship fun. I want to bring your attention. You need to have some friendship fun. Um... You know, those, those moments when you started out and you'd pick up the phone and you'd maybe be in a long-distance relationship or calling each other on the phone. Maybe now it's like you're texting back and forth or you're, or you're direct messaging back and forth and you would call each other and speak for hours to the point where you had nothing to talk about and you just started breathing over the phone like... <sighs> It's like, you know, now it's like if you're married for some time, it's like a long phone conversation is 30 seconds or less. You know, you need to have some friendship fun. You got to create, you got to work to have that friendship fun. One of the things that captivated me when it came to my wife is when we were in student ministry. Uh, We were in the inner city and there's a lot of the kids around and and boys were being boys and they're racing each other to see who was the fastest. And so before, I, I would say, one, two, three, go, you know, guys being guys, and they would run, and then, and then my, uh, my soon-to-be wife, this lady that I was interested in, she goes, hey, I'm going to challenge that guy to a race, and I see Brittany get up there, and she's like, ready to run. I'm like, girl, like, don't embarrass us right now, like, we're racing, and, and like, what is going on? And she gets involved, and then she wins the race, and the whole place goes crazy, and the students are all like, hey, look at that girl run, And it isn't. A, and I was like... She's fast. There might be some hope for the athletes in our family. You know, and that's where we were at. And I was like, she's fun. We can create fun together. You have to have fun. It's essential to your marriage to actively and and purposely carve out time to have friendship fun. Song of Solomon, verse 7, once says this. How beautiful are your sandaled feet. And I love this because we're getting into some details O queenly maiden, your rounded thighs are like jewels, the work of a skilled craftsman. Continue. Your navel is perfectly formed like a goblet filled with mixed wine. Between your thighs lies a mound of wheat bordered with lilies. Your breasts are like two fawns, twin fawns, of a gazelle you know it's a little bit when you're here you're like you're reading this and you're like look at all this detail look at all this detail two breasts like fawns like like I tried to read this to my wife and for some reason it took her a while to be like what are you reciting I said scripture baby scripture (laughs) and we continue in verse four Your neck is beautiful as an ivory tower. It's like, whoa, they got a long neck, you know? And your eyes are like sparkling pools of Heshbon and and the gate of Beth-ribbon. And your nose is like a tower of Lebanon overlooking Damascus. See, here's what I want to highlight for us. Did you see the detail that was written there? Did you see the captivation that was written there? When we look at the Song of Solomon, many have said that it's been written by Solomon or maybe it's a third party expressing and showing Solomon's love. But what we see is there's this innate detail that is paid attention to by the author. That there's this interested, this this captivation, the author notes that these two people in love have. See, I want to highlight this. Ladies, you tend to like details. You tend to, to like when the, the the husband compliments you, your spouse compliments you, not just, hey, you look good today, but when they notice that you, you have that perfect outfit on that you've that you've bought and that you, you, you spruced yourself up to go out on that night. And and when they compliment, they say, hey, that's a, that's a, the beautiful top. You, you like those details. Men, it's important for us to understand the details uh, of life. You know, men, sometimes we're more of the headline kind of guys, Right. But I know when it comes to details, maybe it's taking that intentionality. When you're creating fun, it's saying, hey, I'm going to go out on a date tonight, and I'm going to go clean the car, I'm going to swing by, pick up some flowers, and, and I'm going to have fun with my spouse. Men, sometimes we're the head, we're the headlines guys. We're like, don't give me all the details. Like, I don't really care, just... just Hit me with the headlines. I know sometimes in our marriage, I'll say, babe, there's this game I want to watch. My Bengals or my Reds are playing. And I just tell my wife, I'm like, hey, there's a big game tonight. And you know what she does? That just, that just makes me feel so much love and creates when she she decorates for the game at times. I don't ask. I don't say anything. I don't give her what time the game is on or any of those details. She just does it. It's this intentionality in your life that I want to encourage you to have when it comes to having fun. It's this friendship fun. It's this moment where you can just enjoy the little things, the meaningless things of life. I'm reminded of what Proverbs 18:24 says, one who has unreliable friends soon comes to ruin. It's fascinating. Many times we think about people outside of our, our spouse or our most closest relationship we have. We, 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 we don't think about applying this verse to our lives. But whenever you're creating fun, whenever you're creating friendship, you're creating a reliable relationship. See, if you want what you just had, you know, the early dating days, you have to do what you once did. Understand that. You can't just expect fun to happen. You can't expect friendship life to just happen. Some of us in this place, you're like, oh, you know what, Pastor Blake, like we don't have the luxury to have fun. We don't have the luxury to just, you know, make these events in life. Well, then I would say this, then you're jeopardizing your marriage. You're jeopardizing your relationship. Friendship is essential, to having fun with one another, enjoying the little things of life, the little details, the big headlines, and just saying, hey, this is a great time with one another. Secondly, I'd like to talk about another fun you need to create, and it's companionship fun. Companionship fun. Doing little things or doing things together side by side is this kind of fun. Earlier we talked about, you know, it's it's friendship fun, it's face-to-face fun. Now we're talking about companionship fun, where it's side by side. We're singing in Song of Solomon 711, the author puts it this way, Come, my love, let us go out to the fields and spend the night among the wild flowers. And in other words, it's take me on your adventure. Take me on your adventure. You know, some of the greatest things that you can create and craft in your life is creating an adventure together. It's it's getting in that person's world. It's saying, hey, you know, maybe that world or what they're into doesn't really uh, connect with you or you really like that much. But when you look at this, it says, take me. Let us go out into the fields. Let us go out into the adventure. Let us go and do life together. You know, sometimes when it comes to looking at this, it's, it's maybe you need to talk work with your husband. Ladies, maybe you need to go through some of those details. Hey, how, how's things going? What's, what's maybe it's husbands getting invested in, in what the, your wife is interested in. Maybe it's one of those things It's like, hey, you, 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 you go shopping or you go get your nails done with them. Um, or, or maybe you go, go, go uh, hang out with some of the friends and, and have a little fun. I'm just kidding. Don't get your nails done, you know, like, or <laughs> do any of those things. But I'm just saying, like, maybe it's taking those actionable steps to say, hey, I'm invested. I want to know it's this companionship fund side by side, taking interest in what that person is taking interest in. It's important for us to to understand that and and apply that and look at that in our lives. So maybe it's coming into the other person's world saying, hey, tell me a little bit about what you're doing. Tell me about how we can go on an adventure together. You know, there's moments when we say, hey, I'm going to live my life over here. I'm going to live my life over here. When really, when we're talking about creating fun, it's coming together and saying, hey, how are we moving through life together? So, of course, we're in a marriage series, so I wanted to uh, invite my wife to the stage to ask some questions and and get her insight on some of these things as well. So we're talking fun today, and uh, I just want to kick off with this question to you, Britt, is this, what would you say you've enjoyed most about our marriage through the years?
2: Um, I would say, hello, can you hear me? Um, I would say uh, the one of the most things that I love is that we're you're my best friend. Um, he's the first person that I want to tell everything to. Um, and so you're my best friend, but he always makes everything fun. Um, you're always open to trying new things. And so I love that about him and just our relationship. He's uh, pushed me to try new things, whether it's a new restaurant, um, new activities, um, and even with kids. He's the fun dad. So they're always asking, Who's taking us to school? Oh, it's mom. Um, so you always make life fun.
1: Oh, they love it. They love it. They have great- great time with you. Throughout seasons when we didn't actively create fun in our marriage, um, how has that impacted our relationship? When we said, hey, you know, what? we're just going to go through life and kind of we get almost disconnected a little bit because of the busyness. Uh, How has that impacted our relationship?
2: Um, We've definitely had those moments that we would grow distant um, and distracted. It's really easy, I think, just in life to get distracted. Um, And so that would put kind of barriers in between us and um, we would grow distant um, we don't make a time to spend time together or make the time to spend t- together um, we're not in sync um, and so I think it's really easy to get distracted um, and so you have to make it a point we have t- had to make it a point to spend that time together one-on-one um, sometimes that can be a date night we love date night um, but sometimes especially after kids it's not always feasible um, paying a babysitter or the time you can get away with sports and different things and so um, sometimes it's a date night on the porch. And so I think it's when we don't, aren't intentional about that, um, we grow distant and we start arguing about things that aren't really necessarily needed to be argued about. Um, and yeah.
1: Yeah, it, it's important. Even what she's talking about there is really taking that intentionality to say, hey, I'm not doing life in my own realm or my own lane, but I have a companion that's in it with me through and through. Some of the greatest marriages that you study and in, are in, in life-giving life-giving. They, I mean, you can just see they are friends even through the seasons and through the ages. Um, well, we're getting ready to talk about my, my favorite kind of fun. And uh, we're talking about here, uh, I'll just give you a third point today. It's bedtime fun. Um, but before I do that, uh, what advice would you give people who are currently struggling with romance and intimacy?
2: Um. I think it's just important to be consistent and do your best to be vulnerable. Um, Talk about things. Talk about your feelings. Talk about um, your day. Um, I think uh, sometimes you're not going to feel like it. And I put that in quotes. You're not always going to feel like it. Um, And I think sometimes you can get stuck in that stubbornness. I know that's true of myself. You can get stubborn. and like, well, he didn't do this and he didn't do that, so... I'm not going to put in the effort. And so I think you're not always going to feel like it. But when I you push through um, those feelings of not feeling like it, the relationship is just so much better. The intimacy is just so much better. Um the five love languages is a book we read before we were married and then a book we read when we first got married Um, and there's five love languages and I think sometimes you can get stuck on like well this is my love language and this is what I need and this is what I want over time I think those can shift and change but I also think all five of them are important so Even if physical touch isn't at your top, it's still important and so I think just pushing past the feelings and I don't feel like it or I don't want to do that or feel this way, um, just pushing past and putting in the effort is so important and it just draws you closer to the other person.
1: Uh, So, if you didn't pick it up right there, the third uh, portion or piece of fun that I encourage you to create is bedtime fun, Uh, yeah, bedtime fun, okay? Uh, Now. And in other words, maybe you're like, bedtime fun. Does that mean we watch movie and eat popcorn at night? No, this is what I'm talking about. Simply put, for us in this room, this is why we said, hey, we're going from G to PG today. We're talking about sex. Uh, and here's the thing when it comes to sex. Uh, I want us to understand that God intentionally created that to be with man and woman. Very important. Satan comes along and he counterfeits what God creates. So he corrupts it, he distorts it he he ruins it essentially, so I know a lot of times uh, y- you know you 're coming into marriage, you might have preconceived ideas, thoughts. I know my wife, she would even say she she grew up in a Christian home and and, and it, we had to work through like understanding on both sides of like what sex is and and how uh, a healthy relationship looks there uh so with that being said babe i'm gonna let you speak on bedtime fun no No, okay (laughs) i'm just joking like i threw a curveball she did it she didn't really know that you know uh like that's not in my notes (laughs) it's not and i asked her hey stay up here third point because we're going to talk we're going to receive communion together as a church and um she's going to help me out with that Um, but song of solomon uh, this very intimate book says this, let us get up early and go to the vineyards to see the grapevines have budded. If the blossoms have opened and the pomegranates have bloomed, there I will give you my love. You know, outside in the vineyard, in the park. No, no, no. Um, I'm not, I don't want you in trouble. Um, <laughs> Outside is risky, but hey, Proverbs 518, verse 19. Let your wife be a fountain of blessing to you. Rejoice in the wife of your youth. She is a loving deer, a graceful doe. Hey, babe, you're a loving deer and a graceful doe. <laughs> let her breast satisfy you always, and may you always be captivated by her love. So a couple things when we start talking about bedtime fun. Two, let me speak to the guys. One, fellas. Work on your approach. Work on your approach. Look, fellas, we can fall on this. You know, wife asks you, says, hey, can you clean the dishes? We have this tendency. We can, like, make any joke sexualized, right? Oh, girl, I can clean the dishes. You know, and you're like, what now? You know, like, work on your approach. And we think sometimes, hey, like, we can just make these things happen. And it just uh, occurs. No, sometimes there's there's a great deal of intentionality. There's a great deal of saying, you know what, like I'm going to uh, spend quality time. Bernie spoke about the five love language. Bernie uh, spoke about how there's moments where, you know, like it, it's, it's, you know, the, those opportunities where you can't just say, hey, I'm just going to just show up one day. And it's going to just happen and there's no effort put into. When it comes to bedtime fun, it talks about, hey, it starts at the beginning of the day, not at the last 30 minutes of the day. I understand that, fellow. So work on your approach. And, ladies, a little thing that we've even talked about, and when we do marriage counseling and all those things, say sometimes you have to make an approach. You know, that will be huge for gentlemen. That's huge. For a husband, you know, sometimes it's you know, uh, it's it's satin over flannel kind of ideas. You know, it's it's some of those things that go a long way to show your husband, your special man, that you really care, that you really love, and that uh, you you really validate them. You know, for us, uh, maybe you're young in here and you have young children, and you're like, oh my goodness! By the end of the day, we are tired. I strongly encourage institute nap time, institute nap time. Some of you will get that here in a few minutes. Uh, But, but you have to be very intentional to carve out this time to create it. It doesn't just occur. Uh, And we see this throughout scripture. Now, I do want to talk about a few things that, uh, you know, shouldn't be overlooked. And uh, it's really this, and and I'm going to generalize and I want you to bear with me. Maybe this generalization doesn't, um, uh, I guess, connect in in your marriage or maybe with you, but most men desire to have sex more than ladies. Okay, generalization. I mean, a lot of studies have been done about that, so don't yell at me for that. Um, And this is what I would say to ladies. I, I think a lot of times, most women at times, don't realize just how much this can be a crisis to understand how much men desire and want to have sex, okay? Um, a lack of sex, I, I would equate it emotionally like this, is uh, as is if your man is stonewalling you and you're not talking. And they're not talking to you, they're not, you're asking questions. It's that for a man's psychological Standpoint. In fact, 1 Corinthians, when we say the Bible is a roadmap to everything, this is what I would encourage you. We even look at this. It says, do not deprive each other of sexual relations unless you both agree to refrain from sexual intimacy for a limited time so you can give yourselves more completely to prayer. Afterward, you should come together again so Satan won't be able to tempt you because of your lack of self-control. So I want us to understand that. It's important for us. It's, we should never turn each other off. We should never deny one another. It's vital for our relationships to understand that. Uh, and, and I want to speak into this too because we see it kind of plighted throughout church. Ladies, you are your husband's, your man's only legitimate option to fulfill them sexually. Understand that anything, men, anything outside of your wife is a sin. Understand that. It's important for us to to grip that and grasp that. So everything outside of our spouse is a sin. This is why God's word is so timeless when we talk about these things, because it's very important. Um, and, And understand this. Brittany alluded to it. A lot of times... Uh, feelings follow actions. A lot of times you might not be feeling like putting in the work beforehand. You might not be time for creating fun and you might be struggling with some of these things. But once you do something enough, psychology tells us our newer pathways are created and we start to enjoy that. We start to feel that. We start to like that. So I wanna encourage you when it comes to creating fun, friendship fun, companionship fun, great bedtime fun, it takes work, it takes a commitment. And if you want what you once had, you have to do what you once did. Understand that if you want what you once had, you have to do what you once did. Create the fun, be intentional about that. So you'll see this on the screen with me. I want you to say this with me. And you see, we commit to have fun with our spouse. Let's say on the count of three together. One, two, three. We commit to have fun with our spouse. Last week we talked about seeking God. This week we talked about having fun, friendship, companionship, bedtime fun. Um, We come to this moment in in our service today because a lot of times uh, we come in this this atmosphere and we're talking about uh, a, a kind of hot topic, a disgruntling topic where it's, you know, not always the easiest to talk about some of these things we talk about in front of you. Uh, but this is what we know. We come to this portion of our service. We're going to receive communion together. You know, a lot of times whenever we come together and we receive communion, we, we reflect on how God gave up his, how, how Jesus sacrificed his body. True. How he made a covenant for us. True. And it's relationship. Uh, you know, but Jesus also wants us to enjoy the day in, day out lives that we have, happily and enjoying with our spouse or a significant other. Uh, And part of that is when we receive communion together to reflect that Jesus has also given us a great, a a great opportunity to, to grow closer with people, to grow closer in our relationships and with our spouse. So today we're gonna receive communion together and I'm gonna encourage you, if you haven't done so yet, if you'll prepare. Uh, the bread and I'm going to ask Brittany, she's going to read Luke 22 verse 19 and then we'll receive the bread together and uh, we'll go from there.
2: It says this, he took some bread and gave thanks to God for it. Then he broke it in pieces and gave it to the disciples saying, this is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me.
1: Let's hold the bread together and let's pray over it. Lord, thank you for giving us your body for sacrificing Yourselves to atone on the cross uh, for our sin. May we never forget that. May we always remember that. Lord, may we also remember the relationships you've put into our lives so that we can enjoy them. So when eternity calls and our, our time is up, we know that we'll be alongside you in heaven. But in this temporary space we live in, may we find the enjoyment that you've given us. In your great name. Be with us as we receive this bread together. So we receive communion because Jesus sacrificed his life for us. But then he didn't just say, hey, I'm going to give up my life. But he made a covenant, a commitment to us. And next week we're talking about that as it pertains to our marriage. But the ultimate covenant that Jesus has made between us and God is he fills that chasm. We're very grateful for that. And, and in Luke 22, verse 20, Jesus later goes on and, and does this and says this.
2: Uh, after supper, he took another cup of wine and said, This cup is the new covenant between God and his people, an agreement confirmed with my blood, which is poured out as a sacrifice for you.
1: Jesus promised us eternal life. For that, we're grateful. He set the term of what a promise and a covenant is. For that we have so much to be grateful for, the grace that he's exhibited, the mercy and love that he's given us. Let's pray over the juice and receive this together. Lord, thank you for this moment right now. Thank you for this body of believers. Lord, we pray right now that we'll always remember your promise to us, the covenant you've made, the seal, that you've laid down for us, Lord. Thank you. In your great name, amen. Let's receive the juice together. Let's just take a moment where you're at and let's just pray.
0: Hey, thanks for listening today. If you have any questions or would like to speak to someone concerning this message, we invite you to fill out our online communication card at faithnfm.com. And if you're able, we'd love to have you with us in person on Sundays at 9 a.m. or 1045 a.m. or on the best night of the week for Wednesday prayer at 7 p.m. We're at 7101 Bayshore Road in North Fort Myers, just two miles west of I-75
1: at exit 143. Thanks again for listening.